I was wondering about this because, like, sexy stuff. Wouldn't wouldn't the words slowly like float out of your house above the roof, and then everyone could see what two people were I saying to each other? I think so. I think it would just be above your head. Otherwise, the kids outside would be like, "Old man Muggins is on the sex chat again." <laughs> Alright, should we, should we, like, begin or something? Or do yeah, we start? oh yeah, get this, the... this travelling show on the road. Oh, yeah. very good. Um, so today we have two guests mm. who are in different places, so that's exciting. Who are our guests? Um, Olivia, who has never left the show, really, very much. She just keeps coming back. Um, Keep, I dabble. I think it's because we've got this Skype conversation and she's a part of it. And so when we go to have our podcast meeting, she just turns up to the meetings. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> when Olivia's not on the podcast, it's an achievement because we've managed to avoid her somehow. <laughs> well, I did listen to the last episode, which obviously didn't feature me. And I have some um, notes that I wish oh. to make. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so we've got Sophie here today, um, who is sat next to me. Hello. Hello, Sophie. Um, Hi Sophie. I forced her to listen to a podcast earlier so that she knew what she was doing. I actually really enjoyed it. It was episode four, it featured Anthemus. Aha, uh-huh, okay. You Magic. used our podcast. I thought you just meant any 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 old podcast. Okay, good. Oh no no no. No, I, I made her listen to it earlier, and so I just heard our, our voices sort of wafting around the house <laughs> from different rooms. And you know, it's quite cringe when you listen to yourself and you're like, oh god, oh it's us. Oh. Um, but obviously, I think we're great, so it's fine. I thought it was really funny. I, I liked it. Um, so, Sophie, do you usually listen to podcasts? I do not. I'm like one of the least podcasty people. I think. Um, but this is because I, in the past, I've had a really bad phone. Um, okay. So now I do intend to listen to more. Okay, starting with this one. Starting with this one. I also listened to another one recently called. Um, can I can I name another podcast? Go on, go for it. Is that okay? Uh, called Facing Up. Um, this guy who uh, has survived stage four cancer is cycling from Bristol to Beijing and he talks about his experiences along the way and he chats to people who have overcome like something difficult in their lives whether it's health or you know something else or uh, it's very good it's worth a listen wow that seems really heroic and impressive and wholesome and quite significant yeah basically the opposite of what we're doing so that's, uh, <laughs> that's good <laughs> no no he's, he's a jolly guy he seems uh, but maybe us doing yeah. something like this sort of makes that more poignant because we make it seem better in comparison to this but i also think it's not all about um making like if someone has something to say which is particularly poignant and great but you don't also don't have to make everything seem significant and poignant the whole time you know (laughs) and and we do discuss some of one of the world's biggest problems and potential threats and dilemmas so i guess you know each to his own Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. yeah That's right. Should we, should we explain uh, the premise? Of, Sophie, maybe you can explain the premise of the show since you've just listened to it, rather than me explaining it. So my understanding is that uh, with your guests, uh, you guys all speak, uh, you have a theme, and then you mm-hmm. speak about um, scenarios relating to that theme, and then everyone, if, if one person uh, gives a scenario, the other people have to think about how they would like overcome it or work through it. Is that right? Yeah, that's basically it. Wow, cool. Great. Well summarised. That's better than I usually summarise it. So thank you. Yeah, I can make it up on the spot. Um, should we ask Sophie what she's not? Yes, let's do that. Sophie, what are you not? 
a funny person. <laughs> yeah, so I was really worried about not being funny um, when we were discussing it earlier because I didn't really give her a choice about being on the podcast. I just told her she was on it and then gave her some headphones. Um, but she was like, oh, I'm not very funny. It's like, well, we're not, we're not very funny. Um, I don't think you know, we're funny. You don't have to be funny. You've just got to be semi-willing. That's, yeah. that's the bar we've set. Somebody who is semi-willing to be on the podcast. If you can do that, then you're in. And basically, you have done that, so well done. Here you are. <laughs> You've got a badge. Um, anything else you're not? Uh, uh, focused on the mundane. Okay. Ooh. That's not a dig, that's just a... Oh, yeah, it's not... A, I'm great. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. not mundane. No, no one here is. Um, <laughs> uh, anything else? Uh, you're not uh, a man? Not generally, no. Um, that's about it, really. Yeah. Um, I feel like you know when they do character sketches of, of um, prisoners like not prisoners people that have done bad and they're like criminals. oh criminal, <laughs> criminals criminals yeah um, and, and they describe what they look like and then they mm. draw a picture of it like I'd like to see the pictures of the people that our guests are not so you just draw <laughs> somebody who is not the things yeah well like, so as in like description so like oh I'm not tall I'm not a smoker I don't have a beard but but just of the things that people have told us so far. So all we draw for you is not a man who is not mundane. So would would they be like high, Would the drawing be like hyper feminine and very pizzazzy? With like some stars or something. Yeah, yeah, I like that. So if anyone would like to draw us those pictures alongside the podcast recordings, that'd be really cool. Yeah, yeah sounds good. Character well, sketches in there would be pretty great. Um, so, Josh, what is the theme? Actually, no, Livy came up with a theme. Livy, what is the theme for this I week? Came, I came up with the theme this week. Well, because I know that we've got some um, linguists in the room, so I thought maybe we might get some interesting insights if our theme was this week uh, communication mm. and or language, if you want to bring a bit of language into it. Are we just vying for Josh to do his terrible Scottish accent again? <laughs> Not terrible. Other accents are terrible, but that one's pretty good. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Um, I guess Josh will go first because Josh always goes first. Um, probably, probably because he's a man, um, but also because he's the worst one. So you know, if we sit the bar low, I don't know. You've not heard mine yet. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Oh my god, Josh is looking so intense. He's got a good one. I think it's a good one. Uh, my one this time is uh, it's quite a general one. It's quite open. So so your creativity can run wild recently there's been lots of highlights and discussions about things like some words that we maybe don't need in language specifically the english language but i'm going to leave the driver for other languages if you have some suggestions so what i'm saying is what words would you add and remove from any particular language we'll start with english but we can we can broaden out for there if needed and i thought i would give you some suggestions and some inspiration to get you off and running uh, so one uh, suggestion I have, for example, is maybe some new colour names. Ooh. As, as you probably all know already, pink is one of the only colours that we have in English, which is um, a shade of a colour, because it's red. It's a shade of red and we call it pink. But there's no colour for, well, there's no specific name for, like, the shades of blue. Also, there are, because you have, like, elephants Azul. Ear, Baby blue. Azure, things like that. But those aren't, like, specific colours. They're just versions of blue. In other languages, they do have that. So what I'm saying is, like, maybe you can, maybe you can suggest some new colour names if we need to have new colour names, if you discovered a new one. And also, I was reading and discussing this week about numbers. So obviously now in our language we have 
a base 10 decimal system, we have lots of different numbers. In other languages, they don't really bother so much with numbers. They just, they say like one, two, three, and then more than four. Uh, and so maybe we just need to be less specific about numbers. Like how many people were there? More than four. Um, I like, I don't know if it's an American thing, but one of my American friends, um, when she's talking about, actually I've heard a couple of Americans do it, when they're talking about sort of a very small number that like adds up to another one. So say if something was like £1.96, they'd just say £2 and change, and they just say and change, and that like covers a really small amount of number that mm. isn't quite the number. And I think it's a really cute way of saying, yeah, about that much. Well, they, with, with American stuff, some of, the, some of the language they have is quite modern. And I think some of it hasn't changed much since people travelled over in like the 16th, 17th centuries. They say stuff like oftentimes, don't they? Which you just <laughs> wouldn't say in the UK anymore. But so maybe it comes from that kind of thing. Yeah. You know? two, two, two pounds and whatever changes in my little leather purse. Coin purse. Yes. <laughs> my little papoose. Yes. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, it's like in Australia when they have, um, when you say, because in, in UK we'll say loads. Oh, there were loads of people there. But in, in, in Australia, I think they say piles no or heaps heaps that's it heaps they say are oh, heaps of people and whenever you say heaps of people it just makes me think of like a stack of corpses it's not a particularly nice visual. Does it make you, yeah. <laughs> think of the murders from the last or well, the episode with uh, caroline and olivia when we had the mystery of the the murders of the corpse piles exactly oh, good callback <laughs> but i think i think the best situation i had there was when uh, i was talking to a colleague who was from australia and we were saying something about water. I said, like, oh, there was loads of water there. He was like, no, there was heaps of water there. And I just the visual idea of making a heap of water is... I just don't think Biblical. you can heap water. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I like that. Um, so, yeah. so when I was younger, I used to think that one of the coolest jobs you could have would be working for Crayola, um, naming the colours. So I feel like that's what's happening right now. We're basically living the Crayola dream. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess making up the actual... Yeah, the names for the colours. Would you have to make the colour first and then make the name for it, or...? Or the other way around. You could do it. I mean, I feel Ooh. like it seems logical to find a colour and then name it, but you can come up with a name and then fit the colour to it if you want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's some good ones. I, I know, you know, um, Farrow and Ball paint. Have you, have you guys encountered Farrow and Ball? It's a very fancy paint. It's actually from near here. I think it's from Wimborne, so it's very close to Bournemouth. Um, <laughs> but they have the best names for paints. Like, there's one called Mole's Breath. Um, dead salmon. Wow. Um, there's like you know, elephant's ear or something. Like they're very specifically strange. <laughs> but, but at the same time, you can kind of imagine all of those colours. Yeah, dead salmon. But how dead? You know, is it bloated off the riverbank? Is mm. it is it smoked at this point, or is it you know still? Is it stinking and covered in flies? Yeah, ma- yeah. like maggoty. Is so there like a maggoty sheen? You know, seventeen day dead <laughs> salmon liver specifically yes yeah. yeah so that's where you get into the specifics and you yeah. sort of color like you could have a color chart that's a picture of a salmon and then you lift the flaps and there's different colors for the different sad bits of dead salmon color wheels are good i think that would be a good way to to, to start it off like taking take breaking down like from your primary and then your tertiary and whatever the quaternary quaternary maybe, maybe. yeah um he's making up words yeah going yes. literally that's taking it taking it to there and then putting them on a colour wheel and then being like and, and going all the way around the shades and then being like right what does this 
inspire me what does this make me think of and then like making up a, a name like that the only problem I can foresee with this I can make sense when you're you know choosing a colour of paint to have all of these options but if you're actually going to introduce more colours into like you know people's early learning and you know a child you're at a children's birthday party and a child says can you paint me in dead salmon I can just see it you know getting complicated but I don't but you, I don't want you to get stuck in using existing words I'm, I'm looking for a new word uh. like Quanouche yeah. is my is, is like oh, I'm going to paint my kitchen Quanouche oh yeah cool nice I like that colour I'm going to paint my child's face Quanouche a Quanouche butterfly yeah. and to, to start with it will all sound very pretentious but I guess after a while you know I'm going to paste, paint Tarquin's face with some Quanouche paint I mean it's that kind of thing isn't it <laughs> But then after a while, I guess people will just get used to it. It becomes the new normal, yeah. and we're all surely, very used to surely, that. Surely Tarquin would prefer turquoise, though, you know, as, it, as implied in the name. I think there's definitely possibilities, isn't there, for, like, other languages have a one word to imply something that we only, can only summarise in many words. Like, the Danish apparently have a word for when you load a piece of toast with so much butter that when you take a bite from it, it leaves, like, a little groove. And they, they have a word that essentially means tooth butter because you've, you've put so much butter on it and taken a bite that you I'm can so see... I'm so into that. that is, the imprint that's of the your dream. mouth. That's what I want from butter. There's, isn't it that the Inuits have got, uh, like, a four bajillion words for snow? Yeah, yeah. And we've got one. Yeah. We've got snow. You've got sleet. Yeah, but that's not snow, is it? I guess well, if, it, if it's, it's your everyday environment and you have to describe like, oh, it was like this and it was like this, instead of being like using two sentences, you can just say, I was outside in the... Snow. <laughs> no, no, but the, whatever, whatever the word is, I don't know. But, you know, it's immediately everyone who's from, from your tribe or, or your group of, of people like knows what you're talking about. So, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. It's quite weird that we're quite lazy for, you know, such an seemingly eloquent collective of people but is it is it because we don't experience snow that often whereas if you live constantly in a state of snow you might want a bit more variety in your you know what's the weather today snow <laughs> what, what what kind of snow snow <laughs> but i think in the uk there are quite a, a wide variety of terms for rain for example yes mm. yeah because mm. we it a lot Drizzle, rain, sprinkle obviously. showers hail well i mean torrential splashing yeah i guess we need all we talk about is is rain really like weather like if you if the brits don't have weather to talk about what do they discuss there's just nothing no really. it's, it's the we, sort of go-to complaint or it's opening our, our bread and very thick butter of communication isn't it with, our bread and tooth butter <laughs> <laughs> no but with uh, so uh if we're if we're talking about what you said with uh, omitting words or putting in words and not yep. just the colour thing, um, I've had this conversation with my grandfather quite a few times because he, he's, like, interested in languages but, you know, do- doesn't speak many, like, fluently but is just, like, interested in them. And he's always like, well, why don't we just take, why don't we just take, like, gender out of languages or why don't we take, like, endings? Why, don't, why doesn't everything have the same ending? And they tried to do that with Esperanto and, like, it didn't really catch on mm. at all because it was based on, like several european languages and they they tried to find a thing that would be easy for everyone to learn and it it just people didn't like it because it i guess it just didn't develop naturally i don't really understand mm. why you need gender in language um but i'm not a linguist but to me it's just uh, an extra like it's an add-on that you didn't ask for it was just to start it, it was just because to start with certain attributes were given to certain objects and because we used to have it in English but we've got rid of it. But who sat down and so they had like a conveyor belt of different items and they were like 
Oh, that, <laughs> that's a feminine-looking item. Let's oh, go it for... Actually be, it actually began on The Price is Right. Bruce Forsyth was there at the beginning and <laughs> as the items came along. Woman, man, woman, man. <laughs> <laughs> nice to see you, to see you nice. Feminine chair. <laughs> masculine table, that is. A masculine table. <laughs> that's exactly how it was done. Yeah. Yeah. That- it's a strange one because at school when you're learning French and they just are like, oh, the genders. And you're like, oh, really? Really? Do we need... To, can, we, can we not introduce something that just encompasses all and we don't have to learn extra things for no reason? It's not like you get, give them any fun... There's, there's no fun element of the genders of items in French, is there? No, no, definitely not. And I, I know some people who, who, who write academically in English is not their first language, but they would rather write in English because there's less of a gender to their writing. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, there's a, a Hungarian guy I know who, he, he's like, I don't want to write in Hungarian about film because film is inherently, like, has a lot to do with gender or whatever anyway. And I'd rather, like, write in a more neutral tone. So he just writes in English. You can over-gender the genders. Yeah, pretty much. It's like too much ketchup on a burger. Ooh. Exactly. Or too much butter on your bread. No, never too much butter on your bread, Sophie. I think you've got that one wrong. Tooth, tooth butter. Tooth butter is so delicious. Um, yeah, I, I feel like we are slightly trailing away from... like We've yep. talked about what words are silly and why they shouldn't exist a bit, but we haven't talked about what words we would introduce. Um, I want you to... Okay, I want you to, to to end this round, because I think we had a nice conversation, but we did. you didn't really answer my question. For each of you, I'm going to go to each of you in turn, and I want you to name one thing which is a colour and then you want, I want you to give me a new word to describe that colour oh, and you could do it either way around you can either say the colour and then the object or you can say the object and then the colour it's up to you so we're coming up with a new name for a colour I want you to come up with a new colour it's not red, it's not green, it's not blue, it's not pink, it's not purple it's not other ones, it's a new colour and I need an object that's an example and I can see Sophie and Laura looking around the room trying to find inspiration um, I, see, I, I thought, well, I can't think of a word for it, but uh, you know when you look at something that is slightly undercooked or underripe, and then you have to look at it several times to work out if it's not quite there yet? Mm. Semi-raw. Like an, like an <laughs> erdable. Erdable. Like an er-edible, like erdable. Like, oh, I like that. Oh, well, um, you know, it's dinner ready yet. Well, the, the meat's looking a little bit erdable, so we'll give it we'll give it an extra five minutes. That is really good. I like erdable. Yeah, we can adopt that. So if you're still looking frantically around. <laughs> <laughs> Olivia, do you have any inspiration? Putting some um, spot. No, not really. For some reason, the word dingly has come into my head, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know what it means. It's just dingly, you know? Okay, it's what? not... It doesn't dingle, it's not a dongle, it's not a dongly, it's a dingly. But you get I'm not dingly sure what dell? Ding- what's a dingly dell? I've heard that before. Oh, a dingly dell is, um, well, so a dell is like a little bit in the forest, and a dingly dell is from uh, the Jabberwocky. Ah, uh, okay. I feel like something that's dingly, like, is, it's, it's like when, if you know sometimes you go into an apartment and it's a bit like, I would describe it as muggy. Dingy. Not, dingly. No, like it's, that's it's, dingy. The windows aren't, yeah. aren't big enough, and it's a bit dingly in here. It's not dingy. It's just dingly. Somewhere between dingy and dinky is dingly. That's dingly. Yeah. Do you have any inspiration, Sophie? Yes. um, Sunquat. So like. Sunquat. So the. Wow. So you know a you know a kumquat, like a little orange fruit, and um, uh, and I'm I'm just thinking the colour of a sunflower, and Uh instead of being like, oh yeah, yellow sunflower or a sunflower, you could just say the colour is sunquat, because then you're sort of thinking of like 
sun slash orange of a kumquat. That was my thought process. That's nice. Yeah. Interesting. Um, can I just also make a comment on uh, European language? Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's all European languages, because obviously I don't speak all of them, or any of them really. Um, but you know how we say quarter to 12, but they say they. Like 12 and 15, or, or like 15 less than 12. Yeah, yes. like... I always found that really hard when we were learning at school lang- like languages and you'd be like, okay, well, it's quarter to ten. They'd be like, no, no, it's ten minus fifteen. No. <laughs> Some like, weird way of saying things. I think, I think other languages have done that just to confuse us. It's um, very confusing. Um, I, so in both Swedish and German, if you, if you want to say half past yeah. four, then you say halb fünf or halb fem, like in, in Swedish and German. But like, so it's like half to the hour. Um, and Rather than half I, after. Exactly, yeah, rather than half past, it's like half two. And I always, like, like second-guess myself. It's like, okay, no, it's this one, no, it's that one, no, it's this one. And I, I just, it, invariably, I get it wrong because I just, I can second-guess myself so many times. Okay, cool. Um, Josh, do you feel like we've summarised your, your point? I think erdable, dingly, and sumquat are three fantastic words which I'm going to make use of in my daily life as best okay. I can. Hooray. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. I can go next if you'd like. Yes, please. Do it. Okay, so I thought of a scenario whereby you would wake up of a day, Mm. maybe go to work, and maybe discover there that something has happened um, that you can't explain. Basically, when you try and communicate to others, um, what they infer is the opposite of your intended meaning. So it might be that um, you work in a shop, say, and it's getting close to opening time, maybe you've got your regulars outside, and one of them might say, is the shop open? And you would say, yes, the shop is open, but they would hear, no, the shop is closed, and so on and so forth. And I I think it is an overnight change. I I don't think it's something that you were born with inherently. It's something that has just suddenly occurred, Mm. but it might be that, that your manager comes to you and says, is there a problem? And you say... Uh, yes there is a problem and they hear no there isn't a problem and they say why isn't the shop open and you say uh, I can't open the shop and then they hear I can open the shop etc etc so it just it goes on and on Um, and if that was the case how would you adapt do you think in order to cope cope with this sudden sudden inexplicable change but is this something that you would then you'd you'd realise after an hour or so wouldn't you or not hopefully obviously you'd be realizing that you know the the um the common results of your communication isn't going as predicted or as well as you might have hoped Mm. and does this also happen when you write stuff down or i think so because i thought that would be the easiest solution obviously is to then write something has happened and the inexplicable (laughs) curse has occurred to me help help me um but yeah when you write down the same the same problem so you know what maybe maybe what you're writing looks to your eyes what you want your meaning to convey but to everybody else's eyes it's it's the complete opposite is this just a yes no scenario so if you said the door is open you would say the door is is closed or but what if you said oh something halfway that's like not quite either or like do you want to get married to me could sound like 
do you want to like get out of my life now? Yeah, does it do that? Or... <laughs> do you want to get out of my life right now? <laughs> just, <laughs> that's such a passive aggressive way of saying things. I love that just prefixing any sentence with the word do you want to? <laughs> do you want to shut up? <laughs> but let's like, so say you said this pen is red, would it say this pen is blue? Because it's oh, not a question, it's not a yes you think or a no. That blue it's... is the opposite of red. Well, it would be Ooh, the whatever yeah. it was inverted on the colour chart. If you went on paint and inverted the colour, it's whatever that colour was, I guess. Or and would you say this pen isn't red, but you would still say red, maybe? Mm. It's very mm. tricky. And my other one is, my co- the question is, if you look in a mirror, does it fix it all because it's backwards? Good question. Ah, <laughs> <gasps> oh, so if you, if you speak backwards, then... You shout it makes... and it's an echo. If you shout into a, a, a sort of a shape and it makes an echo, does the echo coming back say it correctly or you record yourself and play it backwards and then the backwards words <laughs> these are all these are all Wait, good solutions what, what? you can try all of these <laughs> sophie just a quick question what is the shape that you're shouting into uh a con <laughs> like a concave, concave oh shape? okay right i was because yeah. i was thinking of do you remember when you were a kid those microphones which had like a spring in the bottom and you could basically yell oh. into it and it made this artificial echo into it through the yeah, spring yeah or maybe it could oh be i love those if that would it. be really straightforward if it was that. You just, just carry it around a weird microphone. People are like, why the fuck are you talking with... Sorry, why are you talking with, like, a microphone? But, you know... I think we've been fired by this point, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, you haven't even managed to get the shop open and it's already, you know, 30 minutes to 11, so it's not going to go well for you. The shop, should, the shop should have opened at 10. But is it... Because I think the other thing is, is um, the tone with which you have it. Because you know, maybe you, you might say, oh, hello, nice to see you. But you could, but maybe like it's flipped around, and you say, "Oh, hello, nice to see you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe it's you know, the tone. Is it the tone? Because mm, in some harder. cases, because between languages that can be challenging. You know, mm. like what's inferred by "Oh, nice day" or "I don't mind." You know, a British. There's the joke that people have is that British people would say, "Oh, I don't mind," when they're like, "I really don't want to do that," but okay, you're making me. Whereas. Uh, a Spanish person saying I don't mind they'd, they'd honestly just be saying that they didn't mind about something so I so actually can... had a, a, a discussion about this very specifically t- like earlier today um, and I learned so when you when you say best regards in Sweden you say which basically means like with kind regards I always write that at the end of an email or whatever because, or MVH which is like the short version of writing that but apparently uh, my Swedish friend told me that if you just write which means like regards it kind of has the tone of just being like, oh, like, thanks. Or like you're kind of annoyed with the person or a bit bitter. And I never would have known that. I never would have detected that. I think it's the same in English, though. I've, I've signed off really shitty emails with regards. And that, that lets people know fully that they are in the wrong. Mine's if it put really? a full stop. So if it's like, thanks, full stop. That's oh. a real, like, fuck you. There are ways of showing it, aren't there? Like, you're, you're absolutely yeah. disdain for something. But I feel like if, if I if I end a text message with a full stop, if I wrote if I if someone if someone did something nice to me and I wrote a text message back saying thanks dot, that just I have to put an exclamation mark. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I, do, I feel like if I just put a, like a full stop there, I would feel Ooh, very yeah, that's, rude. That's pretty brutal. So rude, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's pretty thanks. cold. <laughs> it's like thanks for nothing. Kind of. We're so passive aggressive, yeah. aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, Olivia, um, are you one of a kind in this scenario? Or could yes, you maybe find other just, people? It's just you. Mm. I don't know why, but it is. But the that's like is... when you wear those upside-down glasses. 
after a while, apparently. So you can get these glasses where the lenses will f- invert everything. And yeah. apparently after some time of wearing them, your brain automatically switches it the other way around, which I think is super cool. The brain is amazing. Like um, Laura and I were talking to uh, one of her friends yesterday about um, sort of things like um, multiple sclerosis and that kind of thing. And if you're, if, if, if a limb of yours is not working, it, your brain will try the best to, to find a, a, a route, even if it's a really complicated one and it goes, you know, all the way around the houses and then back, it will still try and, you know, get your arm or your leg to work or whatever. And then it's when you get better it, or whatever, it's about like re- going back and retraining your brain to do the same thing that it used to do before. Oh, it's like uh, when you have one of those bikes where the steering is inverted. Yes. You can learn to do it. It takes ages, but then once you've learned it, you have to then unlearn it to re- to ride a regular bike again. Exactly. They do that in. It's very popular in uh, in Dublin in Temple Bar. They 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 get lots of um, drunk people to pay money to to do that, and people can never do it because they're drunk and they're just having a go. But uh, they make lots of money. Mm. <laughs> Those Irish always very good at making money from <laughs> drunken people. Um, I think you just have to be really non-committal and quite annoying, wouldn't you? Like you sort of just mumble about the place and not really give any strong opinions or answers, and mm. just learn to be quite bland and. Well, the other the other option is that. So I watched a play once, uh, which was a farce. It was very funny, called Spoken for, and it imagines um, uh, a reality or like a, a future where um, the upper class have become so lazy and can pay for things and like press a button and things will happen that they lose the power of speech. Um, oh. And therefore, they have people that they employ to speak for them. So uh, you have all these scenarios where these famous people are going to these parties and they can't really speak. They can say like a couple of words, but most of what they say is just sort of noises. And then they have their speaker who stands next to them and says really like beautiful things. Or, you know, there's a, a famous singer and she, she sort of makes sounds into a microphone and it's very tuneful. But then her, her speaker stands there with a microphone and says what she's saying. Um, and it's very funny. Uh-huh. And I can, I can maybe imagine, you know, you employing someone to speak for you because it would become like mm-hmm. a, a knack kind of thing that they could do and, they, and so interpreter. they would translate somehow. yeah an interpreter yeah 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 yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like the op shot the op of this situation would be that you would become more decisive so for somebody indecisive this could be a sort of horrible blessing in disguise where a game changer yeah, yeah. you never know what takeaway you want but suddenly you do know what takeaway you want because you can't say it because it's such an effort it makes you realize what you wanted to say all along Wait, so what you say is like, I'm not sure what I want, but what comes out is like, I want the spring rolls. Yeah, and then you're like, damn it, I don't even want the spring rolls. That's something I definitely didn't want. And then... And then it sounds that. like, yeah, I definitely want the spring rolls. Give them to me. <laughs> and then you end up with so many spring rolls. <laughs> Three portions. The worst, and you've spent all your money on spring rolls. <clears throat> I hate spring rolls. I love spring rolls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. God, he really loves spring rolls. So we'll show up <laughs> yeah. about them. I mean, obviously, this could be quite a problem sexually if you uh, mm, are really yeah. not into something or into something. Well, definitely, I would. I would say that uh, my my theme that I wanted to bring flows. It, this could flow quite well into that. So, yeah. <laughs> right. Should we Should we flip over to to the other side? Yeah. All right. Or should we do? Should we not flip up over to the other side because? Is it the opposite of what you're trying to achieve? Mm. Sophie. Go for it, Sophie. Okay, so um, it's funny that uh, 
I think Olivia and I came up with similar things, but slightly different elements of them. Um, so just to sort of introduce this for everyone, um, the other day, <laughs> Laura and I found, or uh, our friend Tom found some really bad uh, erotica um, in the house that we live in. It doesn't belong to us. It was just Did in a bag. Oh, you know, but like <laughs> in a bag. <clears throat> and uh, it was suitably like badly written. Uh, there were also some videos on like, how to have the longest orgasm ever or whatever it was um but we decided to uh do a live reading uh on instagram of some of the silliest stories um and laura read the sort of the background and uh story element um in a teacher's voice and then i did like silly voices for the people taking part in the erotica um so i was kind of thinking about that i thought to myself what would happen if we had somehow been like visited by aliens and we we'd had our brains rewired and the only verbal communication with others that we could have was in done in the via the medium of a badly written erotica so kind of the same as like you know saying the opposite of what you mean except in this instance you know like you're having brunch with your friends and you want someone to pass you the butter and instead of saying like oh laura can you pass me the butter please it'd be more like oh give me that oily melted condiment big boy or you know something like (laughs) but you know you wouldn't have to it wouldn't necessarily come out as you know like sounding sensual but um it it just everything would sound vaguely uh like it was from a badly written erotica um i'd be so into this yeah so i i mean it it made me think of some things like how would you make it clear that you weren't flirting with people um (laughs) would would people i think only my immediate reaction is only by impersonating somebody like bruce forsyth or like (laughs) Cilla black that immediately removes any sexual element from the scenario well yeah how how do you make it (laughs) non-sexual would everyone start to have like a really unenthusiastic voice the whole time to make it clear that they weren't like invested in what they were saying yeah i think so so like you could be like butter me or something do you know what i mean like just do a a silly voice and then it's clear that it's not with any with any intent kind of thing i probably just have a t-shirt that says like i don't want to fuck you but please pass me the butter or something and then i just that a lot. Uh, you just yeah, have the, that as your prefix for everything. <laughs> <laughs> this is not sexual. Please pass me the butter. <laughs> I I frankly love the situation, and also I'm interested in the answers because I often have the problem of communicating that I'm not flirting with someone when I'm talking to them. I'm just being friendly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like at the beginning it'll be it'll be kind of weird, right? Because you're just. You'd, you'd be kind of like, hey, what's up, you know? And that's, uh, that's not my sexy voice. I don't know where that, was, where that came from. <laughs> no, no, but it would, if you're in a badly written erotica, that would be your sexy voice. Cause that's true, yeah. yeah. This would be, everything you'd say would be in this kind of voice. <laughs> and um, I think at first, like, it, it would be pretty awkward. And yeah, and, and like Laura's prefix, as it became known, I don't want to fuck you, but... Um, would be very useful. But I think after some time, it would get normalised. It would just, everyone would always talk like that. And so as, if you were not rewired then, and then you fell into that situation, it would be, it would be a real trip, I think. I would, I, would, I would like to visit that world for like half an hour. But to flip that on its head, if, if that was the normal, how would you convey to somebody that you were attracted in them? Like to, in them, to them. Um, and also... <laughs> like how would you talk dirty? Yeah, how would you get anywhere with it? Because you just, everything would be an innuendo or sexy. So then it would become unsexy. So what would become the new sexy when sexy is not sexy anymore? Well, indeed. I guess, yeah, like underplayed, you know, neutral emotions. Let's go listen to some Radiohead. Well, just like Um, lots of winking, like a lot of winking, too much winking. Yeah, like at a UN summit, like when all the world leaders are discussing like de-arming whatever, 
Iran, <laughs> like <laughs> it would be really, it would be really, it would sound really sexy. I mean, I'm just wondering what my voice would be. I was wondering how my voice would change, and I could only imagine that it would somehow become a Sean Connery kind of voice. <laughs> And everything I say would be Sean Connery style. I think that'd be great. <laughs> would make learning other languages very difficult because you'd have to learn all of the weird other surrounding words to what could just be like get in the car. You'd be like, get in my big old wagon, you dirty lady butt. <laughs> you know? like, I have high hopes for yourself, Penderotica. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think I'm, I'm liking the idea of what the new normal of actual sexy talk would become. Again, maybe it's it, you know if we're looking for the good aspects of it, maybe it's the same with Libby's scenario where people would become more able to elicit what they wanted from a scenario because it's so like challenging to express yourself that you kind of have to just get it out there. I'd really like to see the BSL version of this, like what's going on, you know. <laughs> the what? Like the British Sign Language, like. The sex, the sexy extra bits that you don't know are happening. And yeah, just... yeah. It would just be a lot of this, a lot of this all the time. Yeah, no one I can think. see that, Josh. Lo- you can guess of... what I was doing. Can you describe what you're doing there, please? This is a sound effect. What's that? That's the thing. You can guess what I was doing. That's the side note. It just sounds. It sounds like like a hamster having a walk. <laughs> I also, I also had nothing, but then I thought it was the new erotic. You know, like like listen to this, and then it's just silence, and someone's like, oh yeah, that's doing it for me. Like, like you say it best when you say nothing at all. Yeah, exactly. Rodan Keating. If there's one thing I've learned in my 30 years on this planet is that there's such a wide variety of things that do it for people that it would be so, so hard to just, like, flip that. And to be fair, we have very much engaged with the kiss me quick, you know, like... We've just gone carry on, basically. Yeah, basically. Mm. <laughs> it's either carry on or it's nothing. Like, <laughs> exactly. bang, or, bang or bust. <laughs> there is no yeah. other expression of <laughs> lust. No. <laughs> I'm very willing to embrace this whole new, like, level of sexy that the world's, you know, making. Mm. Like, I, I'm into it. I'm, I want to watch people that are not okay talking about sexy things having to talk about sexy things I'd, I'd definitely be entertained and if it happened like overnight um, they, they, they'd be really shocked at what was coming out of their own mouths wouldn't they when they were just trying to say something normal but then yeah over time they'd become a lot more comfortable with it so it'd be good mm. for everyone really yeah, yeah a bit more honesty open with your feelings yeah um, so Sophie do you feel like that's covered your, your topic is there anything else you wanted to find out from the team no we've sort of examined how we'd how we'd get through it and actually the positives of it i mean we'd embrace it i mean that's it we're we're a bunch of strange creatures (laughs) who really enjoy bad language so yeah that does it for us yeah bring it on i say Mm. big boy is that every time you speak your words sit above you in little speech bubbles um sort of like the sims but actual words um like subtitles so how do you think this will affect the way that you interact with people and would it make you more cautious about what you say i would love that i have to say because I, I, when I'm on the podcast obviously there's a microphone in front of me and it captures my voice reasonably clearly but in general my voice is quite quiet and also not very clear I don't think so I think this would be great 
I would really like this because then people would understand everything that I say and not be like, what did you say? What was that? What are you talking about? So it'd be really good. Say it to my face. Oh, you did. You have quite like a fluid accent, don't you, Josh? Like depending on the, the people you've been around, you, you're, you have slightly different accents. So I guess people are just a bit like, wait, what? What did you say? Yeah, my, um, my voice does change a lot depending on who I'm talking to. Yeah, that's definitely mm. true. Uh, so I think I already do this a little bit with my hands like I tend to articulate things and like point things out or use my face to express stuff so I'm trying my best to to already have this but if I had a little speech bubble next to me that would be that would be amazing I would like that but is it directly above my head or where is it yeah it's above you um so a comical speech bubble the sort of shape that when children draw someone having a chat that's the shape that comes out next to you but obviously that's visible to anybody so anything you say can be seen by anybody in the proximity so you couldn't have like a sly word anymore no it might be in a slightly smaller font but this was the thing i was thinking it would lead to more like self-censorship from people Mm, mm. does it how long does it stay there for Uh, until you know, it just sort of slowly drifts off. Does it float up like a helium balloon that's been let go by someone? Like, so as you say something, it, it goes, and then you you have your next line. Yeah, like so. an auto cue sort of speed. Mm-hmm. And does it come out your mouth and then go above your head, or how's it? I mean, I'm visualizing it now. No, it just appears in the bubbles. The bubbles always there. Um, mm-hmm. It's just sort of in the air above you. And I was thinking actually, um, you know how MySpace profiles used to be a very strong expression of who you were and people would bling them up and play music out of them and have different fonts and like sparkly yeah. bits like I, mm. I feel like maybe there would be a market for adapting your subtitle bubble so that it could say more about who you were and, and make yeah. it a bit jazzy um, but that's a side note <laughs> I have a question to everyone what font would you have on your speech bubble? Ooh, very good question anything but Comic Sans I'd probably have Menlo I think I'll do the, what, what's the one help Heltiver, hel whatever the one where Helvetica. Helvetica. No, actually, no wingdings. No, I'm thinking wingdings. I'm going to wingding. Well, wingdings I think is you sound, you're allowed you sound to more confident there. with yeah. winging. W- winging, but you can't winding because then people can't read what you're <laughs> well, saying. That's their fault, isn't it? They should have no. updated their browser. Well, uh, no, I think that's cheating. I think you're not allowed for pictures. You have to have a. And I'll be the helper to help. Helter. Helvetica. 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 Yeah. All right. Liv is definitely a Times New Roman. Well, that would make sense, although I do use Calibri for a lot, obviously. Most boring, most standard one. Or maybe a papyrus, I quite like that one. I also oh, papyrus is a gross papyrus. font. It's so room. hard to read. It's just silly. Yeah, but I don't speak very clearly, so I think that kind of matches. Yeah. I, so, so Gil Sands is the font that they use on the London Underground, and I would, I would like that one, because I like that font a lot. Mm. That would be good. But that's very clear, Josh. People can definitely read what you're... I, I think yeah. I'd actually um, I'd get my handwriting... You know when you can convert your handwriting to a font? I think I'd do that. Mm. That'd be nice. But then people mm. really would really would know kind of like everything about you. They'd like know what your writing was like. They'd know what you were saying. Like, But that's mm. what we do. I mean, we put our Facebook profiles up that are private and public true. and whatever. And people do know about you, things that you wouldn't know that they know about you. So mm. yeah. it's just an extension of that, isn't it, really? It's true. Have a have a follow up question. Yes. Um, would the so you have a speech bubble, which is what you're saying, but would there be a little thought bubble where it's a little cloud with little dots there? No, no thought bubble, just no the thought words. bubbles. Okay, that's good. Oh. I also went. I thought actually, what if you were saying one thing but thinking another, and the, would the speech bubble show reflect what you're thinking? No, no, it's it's not what women want. It's very much the words, but obviously. You know, the context of the words is not 
portrayed in this um the tone isn't shown so so say you've said something about somebody and then they walk into the room and they see it they're not going to know if it was said in jest or in a kind way um yeah they're gonna think that's what it is it makes flirting quite a public activity doesn't it you can't really like have a conversation with on -on one-on-one and then everyone in the room can be clued in to what you're saying yeah but i expect this is this is exactly what it's like if you can uh if you can read what's what's it called lip read if you can lip read Mm. then this is essentially exactly that, right? Because you could be watching it, some people talking in the corner and, and you can see what they're saying. Definitely. Well, yeah, as an accessibility aid, it's brilliant. Like, it would yeah. help a lot. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I'm assuming there's a correct um, punctuation in these. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, can you can you talking, imagine? Really? <laughs> so it's, not, it's not like, let's go eat grandma or let's go eat grandma like it's not there's no kind of confusion about that <laughs> no no it's done grandma unless you say it in an <laughs> ambiguous way it's done um i've I think, now had a, sorry go go Liv. i was gonna say i've now had the thought what if somebody's purposefully using slang or they're not very good at speaking english but then their speech bubble is like correcting them or getting frustrated with them like he's like you know when it says like sick like it's like <laughs> all the little little wavy lines underneath it <laughs> yeah it's like apologizing for the speaker <laughs> Is it some kind of technology or is it just, is it like manifested out of our brains? Somehow manifested projected? out of our brains. Okay, good. Mm. I like that better, yeah. I guess it, 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 it's still, there are advantages to it in, with communication like accessibility, but then it's also still a disadvantage to people who can't read very well. Because mm. if you can't read very well, you're still not going to be able to read something that's floating up in the sky, are you? That's but true. maybe you'd get better at reading because it would, words would always be in your way and, and you could, you'd actually gauge better from people's intonation and, and the way things were said. Um, so and I guess you see words more often, whereas if you know you don't read very well, you might avoid looking at a book or you know, a, a classroom. But whereas mm. if, you, if you constantly have to engage with the written word, it might help build your familiarity. It might make mm. things easier as well. So say if you worked in a shop and you only sold one thing and that thing was one pound... And then someone asks you, how much does this cost? You'd say one pound, and then everyone would see they cost one pound, and they'd stop asking you how much it cost. Sorry, but how bad is the signage in your shop where you sold (laughs) one product, and they still still ask you what the price price. is? (laughs) But there'd always be some funny guy, like 19-year-old me, who goes into the pound shop and says, excuse me, how much is this? Oh, no. It's the end of whispering. The end of whispering. Chinese whispers would be rubbish. That's not a game anymore, yeah. Mm. God, and it will get really messy, like on the tube, when everyone's just saying stuff at the same time. All the words together, yeah. you know, oh, jumbled yeah. up. Yeah. This would be very impressive in like a choir situation, wouldn't it? Like, <sighs> yeah. many person choir sat on a stage and they're all singing the same words, and all the words are like popping off above their heads. And maybe they'd all stick together and make a big, a big word above their head. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? A big yeah. word. <laughs> a big word above their heads. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think is that. Everything is that we covered. I think we're done here, right? I think so. Yeah. That's a podcast. Um, just because I mean, obviously, we chose the subject because uh, Sophie and, and Josh are linguists. So I think, yeah, can you just tell us a couple of the best words you've discovered in the languages that you speak and, and why? Just you know, to add a little extra edge to the podcast. Ooh. I can actually mention. So, the, so this, now we can we can do a little behind the scenes after the podcast. Thing. Mm-hmm. So the, the colours uh, thing um, is actually inspired by, by Greek. So for light blue, you have a colour called khalazio, and then for green, you have lachani, 
which means like light, lightish green, like a cabbage. It's the same in, in, in Russian. Uh, you have a, a word for dark blue and a word, uh, so that's sini, and a word for light blue, which is gullboy. The other word which I think is one of my favorites in Swedish is tandshet, which is a compound word which takes uh, the word tand, which means tooth, and shet, which means meat, and puts them together and it means tooth meat. Oh, so a gum. A gum, exactly, yeah. Ah. yeah. So that's, my, that's one of my favorites, I always. Like, oh, you've got something stuck in your tooth meat. Exactly, yeah. Well, if you're stuck Ooh. in your tooth meat, then you're really in trouble. Um, this one is like probably quite a well-known one, but I think it's good anyway. Um, in, in Russian, you have uh, Sputnik, and obviously people think of that as like a specific satellite that used to orbit the Earth. But what, it's a compound word, so you have so, which means with, and Putnik is traveller, so it's your fellow traveller. Uh, which is the satellite orbiting the Earth, which I think is really nice. Yeah, yeah, um, that's really nice. Yeah, so they have lots of like little uh, prefixes, which can then be added to words to change their meaning. So like the, the the come thing or the go thing or the with thing or the next to thing, and it just adds you know meaning to a mm. extra meaning to a noun, which is cool. Mm. Yeah. All right, should we wrap this up? Wrap it up like a parcel. Yeah. Thank you, Sophie. Thank you, Olivia, for joining. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Laura. And You're very welcome. Have a nice life. Goodbye, friends. Goodbye. Have a nice day.